Hey everybody, thank you for joining me for episode 9 of The Green Life. In today's episode, which is a little personal, I'm interviewing Tom and Zoe, who are friends of mine and the founders of Wunder Workshop, a brand I've been following and using since 2015. Wunder Workshop is about creating health for the planet and the people. For the people because the ingredients they use are wonderful for our health, the real superfoods like turmeric, ginger, maca, licorice, you name it. For the planet because they really care about where these products, where these ingredients come from. So they work with regenerative agriculture and agroforestry in communities and support the communities they get their products from. But this is not about profit, it's not about growth, it's about creating something real good. And I can vouch for that because I've been using their products for a very long time. So in today's episode, I really hope that you learn more about the brand, but also the message behind it and how important it is to know where our ingredients come from, but also to support the communities that produce them. Without further ado, welcome Tom and Zoe. Hey, Tom and Zoe. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. So Hello. nice to yeah speak to you again. Yeah, it's <laughs> been <friend>. a while. <laughs> We're not too far from each other, but it feels like it's been uh, hard to get anywhere. So it feels really far. So yes, that's... yeah. Well, so you just came back from Colombia, Zoe. So that um, it's such a that that's definitely far, but it's also beautiful that you could get there after all this time that we couldn't really go anywhere. <laughs> so it's nice. Well done. Yeah. So guys, um, thank you for joining me today. I think this is a really important um, episode to talk about. Uh, well, we, we know we are navigating really difficult times and uh, so it's nice to talk about brands that actually support communities while they're still you know, doing business in the more traditional sense in brackets. So, but before we get started, for people that might not know Wunder Workshop, you wanna give me a little bit of background about how it came about and the, the inspiration and about you guys uh, working together, Zoe and Tom. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll start a little bit. Um, so yeah, we founded Window Workshop now eight years ago. And it really stemmed from a personal journey, um, especially on my side. My, my late mother, she was a naturopath and I was raised um, like vegetarian and we grow our own veggies and everything was organic or biodynamic. And that was always very important. Um, so that kind of lifestyle really was always part of me and um, my passion really was all about working with plants and creating potions and I, I always spend a lot of time going to um, herb shops or just organic shops and just looking at all these products and just loving them all and spending every penny that I saved just on health foods um, and yeah, so at that time, I'd been to Sri Lanka a few times with my mother and learned a lot about Ayurvedic um, healing and also, yeah, just the lifestyle. And at that point in my life, I really wanted to start um, my own business or with Tom together. Um, we were both working full time at that time, but I made the, the plunge and went for it and um, decided to fully start focusing on creating a product with farmers I met in Sri Lanka and we started with our focus on turmeric and a fresh golden milk and since then we've grown to how many products Tom? About 20, 25, 26. 20, yeah we kind of lost count we should recount but I think around 
25 to 30 products, um, all kind of stemming from the same passion of, um, well, first of all, health and health of the planet and the farmers that we've met and the communities around them and seeing the importance of how things are farmed and how that really affects the health of all of us and all beings and nature. Um, so that's really how we design and develop products from that point of meeting farmers and then thinking, hmm, what could we create with these beautiful spices or ingredients? And then, yeah, coming to a product that is also good for the consumer. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of in a, in a short short summary of, of how we work. And, and Tom joined, well, he was helping from the beginning. Yeah, um, so my, my background was in pharmacology and I was... Uh, Without the upbringing that Zoe had, very, um, I guess, conventional, modern uh, upbringing, in a sense, um, without this, you know, knowledge of organic and so on. And in meeting Zoe and having my eyes opened in many ways to, to that whole concept, um, I went and saw that actually lots of uh, spices, herbs, um, plants were being, you know, they are and still are what we use as modern medicines today, just extracts of, um, and that was really uh, sort of a, a sort of light bulb moment for me because I could research turmeric um, where we first started and there were over 1500 um, studies on how beneficial, uh, how, how beneficial it is as an anti-inflammatory, um, as an antioxidant uh, and so on. And that was, yeah, really mind blowing um, for me at the time. So working with whole, natural, well-grown um, herbs, spices, mushrooms, ingredients, um, whatever you want to call them, um, that was uh, something that became abundantly clear, just how important that one was. Yeah, and especially, I don't know if you mentioned that you, you worked in pharmacology. As well, mm. so. so yeah, working in the pharma industry at the early stage of my sort of working life was really disheartening to see that you know, there were so many people were being given so many drugs and it was one drug to, you know, for an initial problem. And then five drugs on top of that to help with side effects. Um, and you just get into this horrible cycle. Um, and I was, you know, helping with medication management systems, for instance, for all of these pills that people had to keep up to date with um, to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Really in learning through Ayurveda as well, that prevention is better than cure. And that is, has really been our kind of philosophy um, from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this um, reflects also on uh, the, the health and prevention of destruction of our nature so prevention also in nature works because if you don't look after your soil then it's really impossible to get good crops and um so tell me a little bit about the farms that you work with uh, especially in sri lanka that's the ori original one um the original source what what um aside from the fact that are linked to the ayurvedic lifestyle what was that um, heartwarming feeling that you got when you knew that that was the right place to work with and the right people and the right community. Um, yeah, so, well, when I first went out to find these farms, it was very, 
unplanned and maybe I say naive, um, but in a very positive way, naivety was was very helpful because I just went for it um, without overthinking it um, and drove around on tuk-tuks and asking people, basically everyone kind of was like, oh, I'm, I might know someone, you should visit him or her. And um, that's sort of how it came about in the beginning. But the farms that really yeah, as you said, had this heartwarming feeling was seeing that they were just actually forests. They weren't as we have this conception of farming, you envision like a big, huge field of rows of one type of plant. But no, these farms or forests, they are just like mimicking a natural biodiversity of nature and the environment. And in that way, things grow really harmoniously. And you have the cinnamon growing next to the turmeric and the ginger and the black pepper and the vanilla and the cacao, etc. etc. And it's just, yeah, it's what they call a food forest. And a lot of families have this as a very small plot um, as part of their well just their garden or their house. Um, and those are really the, the farms that, that we decided that we really wanted to work with because we understood from, from yeah, seeing and from learning and hearing from their traditional farming methods that that is the best way to keep the biodiversity and like it's good for all the insects and, and it's like the best way of controlling pests and um yeah, it was just super inspiring and very actually new to me. You know, I knew biodynamic and organic farming, but this kind of goes another step further in terms of really looking after the biodiversity of nature. Um, so that set the standards very high in terms of our farm or like our sourcing. And yeah, we fully try to solely work with those kind of farms. It's not always that easy because as I said, like often organic, which is our kind of our benchmark, um, like our lowest benchmark, um, doesn't mean that it's it's not monoculture. So we really, yeah, try to harvest from as biodiverse farms as possible. And um, also some of our ingredients, the farms, they're actually just wild harvested. For example, our licorice or um, yarrow, which will be for another product. But yes, it, they, they are just from the wild. Um, and same with our chaga mushrooms. Um, so yeah, that we, we kind of just really try to focus on how it's sourced and grown in the most, um, yeah, biodiverse way possible. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's the biodiversity. And as you said, the soil health, which ultimately determines the health of the plants and the environment around it. Um, and in having a healthier soil, it creates more nutrient dense products and more nutrient dense um, produce for us to consume. And that's really been our, our longstanding um, observation of it is that when things are grown in such a way, they taste better, they're more vibrant. Um, they bring a sort of more positive energy into the, into the, into the world as well. Um, and I think that that's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely agree. So now you have this high benchmark agroforestry in uh, Sri Lanka, but your, the, your uh, products have been developing into other regions as well for what obviously you want as a source. So tell me a little bit about the coffee, because I love coffee. Um, and uh, coffee is a big topic, like cacao, really, because there are two industries that are heavily exploited because of the massive production, but also these ma major companies that just take over everything. And we have seen documentaries, you've probably seen them all, um, where 
because of their impact, they basically have created a, a monoculture in places where it's actually not even natural to grow certain things and, um, and just to make it cheap and available. But that obviously goes against everything that, you know, we, could, we should use because we're now talking about depletion of nutrients and the soil and so on. Um, so with coffee, what was your, uh, your thinking and uh, how did you find the farm that you work with? And tell me a little bit about them. Yeah, sure. I, I've just yeah returned from Colombia, so uh, I've just seen it firsthand. Um, and it really came about from working with a beautiful reforestation project called Jaguar Sempre, which um, works with indigenous communities in the Sierra Nevada in Colombia. And um, they really focus on uh, regenerating the, the soil and uh, nature because a lot of a lot of the indigenous land has been exploited for the, the cocaine industry, for the um, marijuana as well, for the drug industry, and for cattle, livestock farming. And it's only been, I think, a, well, a decade or longer that the, yeah, a bit longer than that, that the government has decided to give the land back to these indigenous communities. But um, the land is depleted, well, a lot of it. So projects like Jaguar Sembra, they're really working on reforesting this land and creating kind of, again, this natural biodiversity that was present. And obviously the communities need to be like engaged in it as well. So it needs to be beneficial for them because of course, like first the government promised here, have some cattle and you can make money from rearing cattle. So in a way, um, like we started working with them maybe four years ago. And um, like, as you might've seen on our website, like you can either buy trees or we 1% of our uh, yearly revenue, we donate to um, planting trees with them in a, in a very biodiverse way. So again, it's not like a monoculture tree planting, which unfortunately happens a lot as well, but it's a very biodiverse forest they're creating. And it's beneficial to the communities because they're also creating these cash crops such as coffee and cacao. Um, that they can focus on exporting or just selling to yeah, more local communities. Um, but that's kind of how it came about because uh, the, 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 the organization mentioned that they have beautiful coffee and we're like, okay, let's, let's work with that. You know, um, it didn't, as with many of our products, it didn't come from like, oh, I love coffee. I want to find coffee and sell it. No, it just more came from hearing and meeting the, the farm and the community and being like, okay, this sounds like a really beneficial um, project to the community and you know I'm sure a lot of people love coffee so let's let's work with that um, that's kind of how it came about and um, yeah when I was there just last week we saw the beautiful cacao uh, forests as well and again they're like surrounded by lots of other trees like plantain and bananas and papaya um, and at the more ground level there's turmeric and ginger so it's it's already already growing into food forests and very biodiverse um, and it's still at its early stages but it's incredible how quickly it's already turning so yeah kind of fruitful and abundant um, so yeah, our, our future cacao will be sourced from there as well, which is really exciting. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of how we start working with Colombia. And um, yeah, I think yeah, that's it just pretty, yeah. yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. I actually I grew some um, some turmeric in the greenhouse. 
which uh, I, I wasn't sure it was going to make it, but that is the little greenhouse where now I'm doing, um, I'm making it more of a pollinator garden has a very humid environment. So the, the turmeric was happy. Now I'm not, I don't have this massive big turmeric. They were like little tiny little babies, but it was nice to see them. And actually they're really good. So I'm using them in, um, in smoothies or uh, just yeah. adding them onto things. It was nice to, to, to try it. Amazing. Yeah, we've never <laughs> managed to live in a humid enough environment no. to grow our own, unfortunately, apart from having them in our flat in London, but it wasn't very like, um, like a big uh, it wasn't harvest. wasn't particularly fruitful, no. <laughs> yeah, like my babies. <laughs> so now that you actually moved from London, from the UK, good segue into Mallorca, right? So why Mallorca? Well, we both um, had been here before and really loved the the energy of the place um it's got such a i mean it, it does have a bit of a magnetic pull to the island uh, and particularly where we are on the west coast there's uh, there's a really nice small um creative community um that we've been able to sort of resonate with and meet a lot of people out here. So that's be, it's been really, really positive. But I think, you know, when Zoe came here for the first time, it was uh, a kind of life-changing uh, uh, experience that was felt throughout your whole body. And, uh, um, you know, you were yeah. really, really drawn to, to make the move. And I've been here a couple of times um before just with with friends but it's you know there's there's what's not to love it's uh, a beautiful island um in the mediterranean and i'm i was very open to that to that change yeah i think it was i, I can never fully describe it but it felt like falling in love with something or someone but i never had it with a place like i fully had butterflies and i just knew this is it and I was very confused by that because I'd never even considered moving to Spain or anywhere really at that time. So, yeah, it was just very impulsive and kind of beautiful to listen to those impulses and make it happen. And it's been really rewarding being here. Um, and, yeah, we've started working with a few projects or farmers out here as well because we really, um, yeah, obviously we find it so important to be working with what is around you and not just what's far away but also really seeing what's close in front of us and sometimes I think we've taken or I've taken that for granted you know growing up with my mother all her knowledge and all these plants around us I kind of took them all for granted and I think in the last three or two years we've really been on a journey kind of going back to our ancestral plants that are, are really part of us here um, so yeah, we've worked with um, the olive trees for the olive oil for our, our regenerative CBD drops. And um, we've hand harvested um, orange leaves for the essence also for this product. Um, and yeah, there are lots of other ideas that we have with, with the plants around us and the communities and the people that grow them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a constant exciting journey. It's just about prioritizing things as usual because I could forever... <laughs> forever create products. Yes. <laughs> I don't blame you though. Nature is so fantastic. You know, you can, um, it can be used in so many ways, right? There's so many benefits from all the plants. You just want to do good. Um, and, you know, your ingredients can be mixed and matched. I mean, aside from bringing new things in, you have things that just really work well together. So even if you haven't 
created a product that perhaps puts two that you haven't used that together yet, but you can. And so I can imagine your brain is like, I can do this. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's amazing. Um, fantastic. So life on the island sounds good. And uh, I can relate. I think also the fact that you both uh, love nature, you know, and I know uh, Zoe from following you even on social media, like you're when you are in nature, you really um, appreciate what's around you, which a lot of people don't see. Like people go for walks, but sometimes it's just a walk and uh, you actually pay attention to things. You pay attention to details. And um, that gives you an edge because um, you you communicate to the, you know, the holly watchers that are those mother angels that are all in nature. So I think such a beautiful way to, to work with them. And they're very, they're very keen to heal and to help. This is why, you know, the, the most high created everything. So it's great to, to see it in action through your products and your attitude. So I'm not surprised that you feel at home there. Um, and also I've seen that you are also going, you're farming your own little garden, which I thought it was amazing. Uh, it's amazing. And um, so how's that going? And how are the chickens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, yeah, the garden was I mean, it's something that we always wanted to do. Uh, and it's really just a very small scale uh, little huerto, a little project. Uh, but we wanted to follow biodynamic principles and, um, you know, really focusing on the soil and using as much, uh, you know, of growing as many of the, the herbs and vegetables that we could uh, to become a kind of self-sufficient, uh, sustainable um, sort, of, uh, sort of living uh, in this space uh, and it's been a project it's definitely been uh, you know learning as we go along and hugely time consuming but in the most beneficial way because every time that you step out there you're in touch with nature you're getting your hands dirty and you feel feel alive you feel feel so much happier coming in at the end of the day exhausted but like you know feeling alive yeah, touching the soil. Um, just, I don't know, every time I touch the soil, I just imagine how billions of these incredibly beneficial bacteria are on my hands. And that might sound weird to some people, but I love, yeah, getting my hands in the soil and just envisioning the goodness that it actually gives me rather than straight away, like, disinfecting or scrubbing it off I actually really cherish cherish the dirt um and yeah as you said like just being in nature is is just so healing and rewarding like we can get so stuck on our laptop still of course because we're working all day but just the moment we step outside and connect it's just kind of all falls away all the worries and the stress and um yeah just hiking through nature here in our garden is really rewarding and also just sitting with my chickens <laughs> I love them so much um they're so yeah they they I don't know they just bring me a lot of joy and love as well and it's kind of yeah a really beautiful thing to see you know you you just assume chickens are well I don't know what people assume but um mainly they assume it's food but <laughs> they are just so much more and they they really are so sociable like the moment we go outside they will follow us the whole time and they will sit with us when we're gardening or having a drink outside or something they they come and sit with us and they really enjoy being around people so just things like that are just really yeah beautiful to observe to learn again you know to relearn these things about nature and us humans and relationship to animals 
um so yeah it's been a really yeah. good journey yeah i hear you and you have three kitties as well they are beautiful yeah. <laughs> they're great <laughs> so um let's just step a little bit about the business side just not the happy side but how uh the, the two the last years have been really crazy in general but then brexit also didn't have help just before the whole pandemic thing um how how have you been navigating uh dealing with all the changes because that was at the same time you were moving and then this happened then brexit happened then of course there's never a a rule that almost gives you the time to really organize anything nobody knows what they're doing um because the instructions are not clear uh and we know that this is all bs for lack of better words when it comes to just people you know creating problems for nothing but how how has it been navigating the business side like um you know to keep going with uh, obviously importing your goods and you i guess you're still um making the um, the blends in the uk um so yeah tell me a little bit how have you nav been navigating the um the environment that's been ever changing since 2019 now mm, yeah i mean it's it's been a constant uh sort of <laughs> a fluid set of challenges which keep coming like running a uh, 110 meter hurdles or something like that but just uh forever and ever uh <laughs> it's um it's yeah every every time that we think that you've created a new you know you've understood it we had you know our first shipment from from the UK to Europe went through without any problems and then our second one i think they actually started you know really going through all of the and applying a lot of the rules post brexit and it took us six attempts um back and forth with pallet worth of uh stock to you know shipping into europe and each time you learn uh you know a reason why something isn't going through but it's uh you know where we get there slowly um and it's it has been a learning curve uh, and all of these things that you know that we are experiencing they 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 go back towards our own personal growth or growth as part of the business um of course it has interrupted things over the past 2 years and it hasn't been beneficial for just focusing on our key messages and 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 being able to spread the word confidently um about regeneratively grown organic uh beautiful plants um and tinctures and herbs and everything uh, it's been a headache but you know we're we're getting through it yeah i mean i i think i struggled more with it perhaps because i take it all very personal what's happening in the world mm. <laughs> um it's not not useful for your mental health but yeah brexit has been um, very challenging and very frustrating because it just doesn't make sense you know in terms of anything that's benefiting from it we can't see it um so yeah it's just been very difficult and we've lost a lot of um like eu distributors in the beginning and stores and we've managed to kind of rebuild new new contacts or new you know new kind of supporters in a way um but yeah in the beginning it was very challenging and then of course the pandemic was a huge headache and i think the main thing is though every week i'm just realizing how grateful we are that that we are still going and like yeah quite frankly we've lost probably uh two thirds of our business 
um, but we're still going. And I think that's the main thing. We're still, you know, spreading our message and we believe that we will grow again and that it isn't all about growth. And that can sometimes feel, you know, difficult because our society is so focused on growth. And then we just see like the graph going kind of downwards in the revenue, but we're still fine. So it's kind of just, you know, it's a mental thing, thinking we should grow versus actually we're fine. Um, and we're optimistic and, you know, we just keep going. And there have been loads of positives as well that came from the pandemic, for instance, like, um, our tinctures that we launched quite recently, they were born purely from the very first lockdown where we were in London. Um, and yeah, we were able to take stock of what we had achieved, what had been accomplished um, and what we wanted to really focus on, you know, with an ever-changing world sort of taking place in front of us. Um, we really wanted to focus on more locally grown herbs and plants um, and being able to you know interact with our customers that we had met over the past six years being able to sort of integrate their feedback and thoughts um, as well as what made us launch these tinctures um, so targeting the needs that people highlighted the most um, of course, the, you know, things at the beginning of the pandemic, it was anxiety and immune system. But these, of course, are always concerns. Um, and so it, we are really happy to be able to to source and create the, the tinctures as a result of this. Yeah. And I think the, um, the new, you know, refining, like even refining your client base, the one that the ones that understand you, that follow you, they just know what they're buying. They know why they're following you. They know why they, they are using your products. And then the ones that haven't found you yet and they are looking and they're finding you now, those are people that are interested in their health. So their approach to um, taking steps towards, you know, uh, using tincture, tinctures that maybe before they took it for granted they didn't need them, but actually come, they come to think, well, I need a little bit of health and the more natural, the better. So you got, you're going to get a new group of people that really are looking for solutions. And again, you know, you said it, this world is all about growth, but growth comes with short, um, cut, with cutting short either the supply chain or the, the very, the very farmers or the quality of the food. And then what are the products really all about and what are the people actually using? And, uh, you know, with your transparency and your dedication to the, from source to consumer, um, it's, um, you know that you're not cutting any corners. So you know that whatever you, you're using is good for you. Like you're going to just feel better. Um, you know, I went through a period where I, well, I couldn't get the products when, uh, just when Brexit happened. So uh, just because, um, you know, it was fine to order, but then get them to Portugal and the custom here was also a mess. I mean, the, I, I don't know how many packages have been lost. I don't know what they ended up. It was insane. Um, or things that turned up after six months, <laughs> like okay, um, and so I just didn't use them, and I actually felt like I was missing something because I had become part of my routine to even just have the turmeric every day and have the um, the, the powders, you know, especially glow balance because of my hormones. Um, I felt it, so you know, you you know what you're using, and uh, I wasn't really gonna go and buy other products locally that I wasn't sure where they came from. Because they have, they have like options, but 
they're not the same. They really aren't. And so um, it's not, you know, you just get that kind of people that follow, which is good. And now um, my last question, I guess, could be uh, with everything changing and people cutting corners and we know how difficult it becomes, uh, what is your stand on, on, on fair trade? Because, of course, then there are a lot of companies that are like, this is fair trade. But then you look into it and it's like, well, it depends on what, what you, you know, what you look at, at when you say fair trade. What does it mean? Because, I mean, fair trade for me is your relationship with the farmers, know, knowing that, look, you're going to pay them a good wage because they need to obviously work and live and they need to continue producing amazing products. But fair trade, just like organic, as much as they're great, they do have sometimes some, you know, corners that people can be like, oh, maybe we can get, get away with this. And, you know, it depends the interpretation sometimes. So I, I wonder how you see those kind of... Um, labels that one can put on on their their business and you know i know how you look at it but what do you see in the industry happening with everything that's happened also in, in the past two years does that affect the way that fair trade is seen it works the benchmarks of it well yeah i mean fair trade it's i think as a as a whole concept it is a really really beneficial thing because of course you know, and particularly in uh, certain industries that are, you know, enormous, like tea, the cacao industry, um, vanilla, and so on. These are, you know, mostly dominated by two or three enormous companies like Nestle and um, whoever else. But the, you know, the the overall aim is is very nice, and it's obviously what you would want. You would want the the workers are being fair, fairly paid, fairly treated, um, and not being, you know, it, as it always kind of is with commodities and things, is the race to the bottom to make it the cheapest and the most accessible. Um, and that, you know, it does, on the surface, protect a lot of their rights and, and pay. However, it does also stifle their potential to earn um, based on quality. Um, and so, uh, and it also does allow, you know, larger farms to be able to, you know, capitalize on that and, and take shortcuts in their pay as well by providing, you know, uh, housing on site or uh, schooling on site, which, you know, is very beneficial, but it then ties, it removes people's freedoms in many ways as well. Um, and so there are lots of positives, but there are a few, it, it does provide a, a kind of limit, a glass ceiling um, for these, for the workers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always a bit doubtful about all these certificates and, and logos and things that one also pays for as, as a business, because in the end, they're industries, they're businesses as well. And for example, fair trade, they, they're also a huge business and they have to pay a lot for their offices, et cetera. So, you know, when you pay for that, you kind of like, it's also, of course, you understand it needs to be run and organized, et cetera, but you also would want more of that money you pay as a, as a brand to go actually directly to these farmers. So that's always something I'm just, you know, doubtful of. And it's the same, obviously, with all the other certifiers, such as for organic or, or um, well, there's so many new ones these days. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm always a bit on the, the fence, even though, you know, we have been 
organic certified since day one. And I fully appreciate all the hard work that goes into it, but it also really excludes a lot of amazing farms and especially these small farms who cannot afford to be organically certified or fair trade um, certified. It requires a lot of paperwork and a lot of like, investment upfront. And so sometimes we're, we consider launching products that are not actually, you know, organic according to, to the guidebook, but we do like pesticide tests and um, all kinds of heavy metal tests to see, you know, these products are organic because it's not full of pesticides, but they don't have the finances to to have this stamp so it's it's very confusing especially as a consumer you know i'm the same i go into a shop and i'll just look for the logo and i'll be like okay i'll buy that and i won't buy the one that doesn't have the logo unless there is of course you know a story and it says okay this farm cannot afford it etc um but yeah it's convenience and it's helpful for for the consumers to have these labels um but also yeah with fair trade it's sometimes like it's based on like the world um, index in terms of what the, the kilogram price is per, per commodity. And that obviously fluctuates a lot. So that's also very like, confusing sometimes, like how much is the farm then actually benefiting when at a certain time, um, the fluctuation is not in their, not in their favor. Um, so, so one thing that we really tried to focus on is that there are processing sites like linked to these farms so they actually you know it adds more value for the communities to process a product like say drying or 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 like grinding into powder or something because if we just take these commodities even if it's fair trade and you know they only get the small kilogram price which is not a high margin then we're kind of adding the benefit and the value in say the uk Whereas, yeah, we really try to add the benefit and the value in, for example, Sri Lanka or in Afghanistan where we've worked. Um, so, yeah, there is just a lot to consider on top of these labels. Um, and I guess it's all about, yeah, brand transparency in terms of showing where they're adding the value truly. And, um, yeah. And, well, consumer inquisitiveness as well. I think that's a huge part of being a consumer ourselves uh, and as a business you know that's what is really exciting and interesting for us is learning how it's all grown learning learning how it's all processed um and as as consumers ourselves that's part of what kind of connects us to different products different brands um from the veg that we buy in excess from what we grow in our garden um to sort of you know the cafes and restaurants that we go to it really it's uh it's part of the lifestyle i guess in that kind of like consuming with purpose and making sure that you take the time to to delve deeper and understand how things are being arriving in front of you absolutely and uh i mean i guess like you know like you zoe i always i don't care for clothes i don't care for things like that i i care more to invest in food right so um, finding people that don't even see actually food, uh, well, consumption in the sense of consuming as in using, but uh, the way that the world looks at consumption as in just buying, that's, you know, even when I, I look at you as a brand, I mean, I know you're still a business, but I don't see it as consumerism at all because this is food, you know, whether it's in powder form or liquid form, it is food that I want to put in my body because it's good for me. And I think people need to start looking at 
what are we spending our money on and what do we want to invest our money in and food is definitely important you know and um as you said like even where you go because it's easy to go to places that go to macro or costco and buy like in bulk from you know like big companies that produce the same crop 500 million times and it's uh and it's not going to taste the same. It's not going to be, even the experience is different, you know, because food carry energy and, um, you know, genetics of the food really does come through when you're tasting something that is made by someone, whether it's certified organic or not, but just someone that cares for their, their, their plants and cares for their food. And equally, um, you know, your products, which are jarred in, in, in jars that people can use again first of all so nothing goes to waste after which i really love i make candles out of the of the glass ones or i store out the spices or the the cans from the teas same the um, I, I i tend to buy the 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 turmeric latte in, in in bigger bulks so i can use the same tub again like you know there are so many ways that you can uh, you can repurpose the packaging which is one way not to actually have waste um but also just knowing this is amazing food and it can be used in so many ways every day of your life. So, you know, it's nourishing you and it carries good energy. So it's, uh, yeah, I love it. I think this is why people need to understand what consumer, consumerism really is and also how not to just um, think that every time when you're buying something, you're voting with your dollar. So if you're buying something that is beneficial for you, you are helping a company that cares uh, throughout the whole chain versus just buying stuff that, you know, we don't even know where it comes from. And I think, especially when, I mean, I see a lot of people going to the mall here on weekends. It's, you know, and uh, sometimes I have to go to the mall because it's the only place where I can find a health store where I can find, you know, Vitex or whatever. So I'm, I'm stuck. I have to go there. And I just see these clothing stores like H&M and so on being full of people. Now that's consumerism to me. That's just you know, you basically don't really think about it at all, like especially when we know what, what these companies are all about. But buying food, um, you know, like that's an investment. That's what I see. It. It's an investment into your health, you know. It's a, a prevention, as we talked about at the beginning. So it's so beautiful to, like, have that. And, um, well, so what's the, the next thing for you guys? <laughs> I mean, I know what is the next big thing that is around the corner, whether it's promoting what you already have or any projects, any retreats, anything that's going on, any new book? <laughs> um, well, to like what's happening right now, um, we just actually launched our, our cinnamon powder, which is from a beautiful food forest in Sri Lanka. So we're just um, working on some beautiful recipes with that as well to, you know, to promote the benefits and the beautiful taste of, of cinnamon. Um, and yeah, like we said earlier, there's so many ideas we have with local plants here in Mallorca. It's just um, a way of balancing our time. And um, we're quite bad. We never have a strategy, but <laughs> things just flow. And um, yeah, we're actually re, well, relaunching and launching some new teas. Um, again, they're, they're kind of created with regenerative farms um, across the world and with biodynamic farms from the UK. So it's again like a combination of local herbs and, and beautiful regenerative farms that grow things that we cannot find closer to home. Um, and well, am I forgetting anything, Tom? No, I don't think so. I mean, we, 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 are, we always do continually make little changes so that we are using 
you know, the most up-to-date kind of most um, environmentally friendly packaging that we can. Um, so we are changing a few um, a few bits and pieces in our line. Um, and we're going into too much detail about that. And then really just trying to continue to, to educate about the different herbs and, um, you know, especially with the tinctures, for instance, kind of trying to, to reinvigorate the, the, the knowledge and excitement about these, these herbs that we take for granted. I think things like thyme, rosemary, these are amazing medicinal plants um, that maybe have lost their sexiness um, <laughs> over the years. You know, they don't sound as exotic as ashwagandha, um, but they still have some really potent properties that um, that we should learn about. Um, so just continuing on that sort of educational journey, both ourselves and everyone else. Yeah, I love that. You you do some videos that are really cute on um, on Instagram, and I love I love to see more of them. They're really good. Um, you know, it's because you're right. People don't think that rosemary is a medicine, but actually. It's, it's superb, you know, you don't have to go exotic to have medicine in your garden. Even things like uh, verbena or melissa officinalis or lemon balm, basically. Like even that, you know, if you have digestive issues and you drink some and you just feel so much better immediately with verbena if you're like freaking out at night and can't sleep. It's not just chamomile, you can use that and you can grow it easier than chamomile. So, yeah, yeah you're right. Just going back to the basics. Absolutely. I'm actually quite glad that um, you have cinema now because I was actually, I was, well, I think I actually talked to you about asking before because, um, well, uh, I, I tend to have, um, my blood sugar tends to go higher than it should easily and cinnamon is such a powerful way to keep it in balance. So I, I use cinnamon like it's out of fashion and, um, you know, if, so if you share all the benefits of cinnamon, I'm sure more and more people will understand it's not just a beautiful little spice it's actually medicine yeah yeah we'll have to send you some and i'm excited to see all your delicious creations <laughs> that i'm sure you'll create with it um but yeah apart from yeah the benefits it's just such a beautiful smell and taste mm. um so yeah i i hope a lot of people will enjoy it absolutely i'm sure Guys, thank you so much. Um, I any yeah, I'm I'm going to share all your details, all the links, and um, let's uh, let's get more people glowing gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love your shirt, by the way. I know people can't see it. I knew you would. Gold and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. I have a, tum a turmeric situation in my wardrobe thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, but well, today's the first day I'm not wearing it. I even realized during our call, I was like, wow, you're golden turmeric. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> your earrings are, which are brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Have a great, great day. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Tom and Zoe. And thank you, everyone, for staying with us. I really hope you enjoyed this interview. And I really hope that you feel inspired to go with your money. And if you haven't tried Wunder Workshop yet, please give it a try. In the show notes, you will have a discount code to save 15%. In the meantime, I will see you next time and please share, review and give a thumbs up if you like it. So subscribe.